to an awesome song by The Who from Quadrophenia. That's Pete Townsend singing, I'm the One. Well, this is episode 21, and uh, it's good times. I got a, a good buddy uh, with me here today. Stag Party and I are sitting in this week. Moe's busy grading grades and uh, doing, all his, grades. <laughs> doing all his school and stuff, and uh, still keeping busy with the other ends of Pyro. So... As happens with the light, it's kind of a revolving door of us pyros bouncing in and out. This week, it's Stag Party and D-Rex. We're fired up to talk about some fantasy football and uh, do the little dealio. So, um, as usual, um, we kind of go uh, through and and um, try and keep it a bit lighter than the heavy. But uh, I think the first thing we'll start off with is a Thursday night recap. Last night's game... Um, between the Minnesota Vikings, we're down in Arizona at the Cardinals, and uh, tell Stag me more Party. about how the grass gets brought in. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm going to do that every time from now on. Um, every show is going to have a little snippet of that one. Um, well, I'll tell you how the grass gets brought into my house. I buy it. 
Oh. <laughs> I think Smokey John Brown might buy it too. Yes. With, with the nickname like that and with the firepower that they have in that offense, they were sort of fire it. They weren't even firing on all cinder, cylinders yesterday and they put up some points. They put up some fantasy points. I mean, pretty much every component of their sort of team put up uh, fantasy points. You know, pretty much outside of uh, Larry Fitzgerald. But you look at all the weapons that team has, they might have the best wide receiver core, you know, in the game. Oh, absolutely. Now now with the addition of the of JJ Nelson, it's uh it's a no brainer. That, that that that's ridiculous. And I agree, it didn't really seem like uh everything was kind of running their way and they still can get it done. I uh Yeah, they have like what, twenty four points on an off night or was it twenty seven, something like that? But any way you look at it, they still scored a nice amount of points, and they weren't even firing on all cylinders. And there's passes being caught by you know offensive guards, and you know Darren Fells looking like an offensive guard out there catching passes. It's a tough, you know what? It's a frustrating team. They do have you know they do have such an insane uh, wide receiver core, and now with all the running backs being injured and CJ2K being out and Ellington, now it's really just the Johnson show, which is. Less frustrating, but it's committee and committee across the board. You never know which wide receiver really to, to 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 roll the dice on, and that's really what you're doing. If you play a Nelson, you are rolling the dice, or you've got you're in a huge deep league. Last night, people a big questions for us on second opinions from Pyro Pro was, you know, do I start Floyd? There was a lot of people asking, is he is he a guy that that's worth starting? Um, I'll tell you a story about what happened with me a little bit later, and I played John Brown. But when you do that, you're not sitting there like, ah, nice, I'm getting 10 targets. It's a guaranteed positive thing. The only guy that was really that's been the, that kind of shown that kind of consistency this year is a Fitzgerald, who last last night was kind of the no go. So it's it, it's it's who's going to step up this week. Uh, well, you tough bet. to guess. You watched the, you watched the game, and you felt like Fitzgerald had a much bigger stat line. You sat there and you watched the game and you're like, yeah, Fitzgerald probably got like 7 for 80 or something, but he ends up with what, like 5 for 41, 6 for 41, and you're just like, oh, that was underwhelming. But then, you know, remember last year, Michael Floyd, like a consensus top 20 wide receiver, and then, you know, he suffered a little bit of an injury, and then John Brown started to get going, and now, you know, John Brown got going early in the season, suffered a little bit of injury. And now Michael Floyd's taking a little bit of shine off his Shinola. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they're kind of playing on that inverse relationship on each other. But they're both awesome. You know, Michael Floyd potentially, you know, with his contract, you know, sort of coming due. Uh, you know, it could just be the John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald show. But with the big slot of Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, the thing that changes this whole offense is the big slot. Like, last year it wasn't really there. Larry Fitzgerald wasn't totally a part of the offense, wasn't completely ingrained. But now you see him, and he's just out there mauling, mauling defenders in, in like, the run game, in the yeah. pass game, blocking for his wife, his buddies, just knocking knocking fools out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely true. I think... I mean Palmer. As long as as long as this guy can stay healthy, I'm starting to buy in more and more that this is the uh, NFC's team that's going to uh, hit the Super Bowl. I mean, now that you got Freeney, you know, obviously we'll we'll talk more about football here for a second than the fantasy side. But Freeney coming into his own, uh, which is a guy that wasn't even signed, I don't think, until about week five or six or so. Uh, but that team looks like they've got all the uh, the writings on the wall for them to put a nice push. Uh, and be the representative from the NFC. Uh, was there anything that you saw other than that? I mean, I loved... I, I felt like both 
AP and um, Larry Fitzgerald got going early. I mean, that AP, that first drive, touchdown, you're just sitting there like, wow, the Cardinals can get run on. Whoa, Larry's going to, I mean, AP's going to have a big day. Didn't really turn out that way. It was kind of a, he had a fine game, but uh, at the end, it, 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 what you got on the first drive versus what you got at the end of the day uh, weren't too far apart from one another. Nope, nope. Just, I think, like 1.67 yards of carry on his next, like, 15 carries after he had four for 49 uh, on the first couple there. So, and then, you know, that touchdown with a little bit of shake, 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 a little yeah. bit of wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. Uh, very, very nifty moves there by AP. But, yeah, there, there's just some times when this offensive line can open up holes, and then there's just some times when it can't. And he's sort of offensive line dependent here and there. But you know he's going to get the volume most weeks. And when he gets the volume, he's still scoring you 10-plus fantasy points every week, guaranteed. But when they take the ball out of his hand and when they try to be something they're not, it just ends badly for them. Well, what do you think about the other side? Uh, not the other side, but the other part, the uh, the aerial attack for, for the Vikings um, moving forward. Um, can they be excited about getting into next year with with Teddy B as is the is uh, the general, or is his arm just not up to snuff for the NFL game? I mean, yesterday was his career high in passing yards. Yeah. I think he got what three hundred and thirty-seven or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got to be a little bit encouraged by that, but a lot of it's just I don't know if this team has any weapons. Like you see Mike Wallace out there. Not doing much, even when he creates some separation. You know, Kyle Rudolph doing some good things. I think he was six for, you know, 62 or something. Um, catching all six of his targets. And then Red Ellison. But it just seems like they're running a lot of gimmick plays. And they're running, you know, a lot of screen passes. And they don't really trust Teddy. Like, if you're telling me uh, you're running a full-blown offense that maybe throws five to ten passes, ten yards or greater down the field, I highly, highly doubt that. I think there's a you've got to be able to stretch the field just a little bit, and that capability just doesn't seem to be there. Yeah, well, who who knows? I think uh, going into next season, it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit frightening. And and with guy AP's been awesome this year, but heading into the playoffs on, with the last two games. It's you're not, and if he's your he's your running back one, if you got him on your team, you're you're, you're a little bit scared on what's what's going to happen. So anyway, um, it was a fun game. I thought they could have pulled it out at the end, and that the, you know, basically, you just got to kick that field goal. You got to kick that field goal. He tried to make one last play, and it cost him the game. And I know you're trying to get a little bit closer, but with a young team like that and with a young quarterback, you just got to say, hey, give it to your kicker and be like, you either make a nice long kick. Well, I think it would have been a 50, 48. 48, and you don't kick it from there? That's a bad That's a bad coaching decision. But you live and you learn. Um, let's move on. How do, you, how do you feel about that? I feel like the Huey Lewis and the news and notes are just like coming up or something. Nice. You need a new drug, uh, and the drug is Huey Lewis and the news and notes. Uh you know, I'll let you. I'll quickly talk about my one dude who I've lost some money on in preseason bets, Kevin White. Uh, there was a little bit of a tease that maybe he's been practicing. Maybe they try and see if they could give him a little bit of run just to get his feet wet in the NFL uh, pace and game. They shut him down today. He will. He went, goes on season-ending uh, IR. Not going to be playing one down this season. 
Uh, they didn't want to mess up with his off-season program and training and learning and healing. So he's shut down. Uh, better luck next year, Mr. White. I mean, we're talking like after last year about the explosion of all the rookie wide receivers. And then this year we maybe got all of Amari Cooper and then a half season of Stephon Diggs. And then who else we really had as a rookie wide receiver? Anybody? And then even at running back, we've gotten little splashes, guys. We haven't gotten very, you know, consistent production on a season-long, um, you know, basis. We look at Todd Gurley. He's probably going to have a, you know, top 10 year when all of a sudden done. He's going to be a top 10 running back. And you would be like, yeah, sure, you got to draft in top five next year, you know, because he's younger and blah, blah, blah. And he can do it with nobody else. There's nobody else. They're going to give him AP-type workloads. But, but outside of that, like, the rookie class on offense is, and the skill positions has just been meh. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's really true. And there's been nothing at tight end. Uh, and quarterback has been kind of nice. Quarterback's been nice. <laughs> you've got Jameis, and you've got, you know, that's where the rookie offensive rookie of the year might should come from is the quarterback position, if you ask me. And if you have to look at it now, comparing the two guys, you know, yeah, Mariota had a hot start to the season. Had he's got some real big, big games, but then he's been meh. But Jameis has just been a consistent sort of force all season, and like has really showed an ability to just command that offense, command the huddle, uh, and do do some of the little things like that third and nineteen play where he just doesn't go down and he gets up and you know gets a first down. And you're like, wow, that's. Pretty impressive. <laughs> that play beat me single-handedly because then he, he also had Evans and then the next play at uh, Winston to Evans lost the game. So if they stopped him on that 19, I would have won. Uh, all right, but I digress. Uh, let's go um, tell us more about some other guys that are definitely going to be out this week and some other news and notes. Carlos Williams definitely going to be out for the Bills with that shoulder injury. And I've also got Marquise Wilson of the Bears who's going to be out. Uh, you know, along with him, Eddie Royal is also expected to be out. So that Bears, you know, wide receiver core is going to remain pretty thin behind Alshon Jeffrey. So he's a guy who you could potentially, you know, just see a boatload of targets out of, especially now with Martellus Bennett on the shelf for the rest of the season. So that means uh, they'll be going with a Zach Miller, who's, you know, semi-questionable with his own rib injury. So... Uh, there's just a lot of injuries on that Bears offense, so it's going to be a lot of the running backs. And that's going to be sort of the basis for their game plan probably going forward here. You've got one real wide receiver, eh, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're recording here on a Friday afternoon. I think it's actually 420. Oh! Uh, oh for a dollar. Um, Pause. <laughs> uh, I am going to throw back my first Valverde of the weekend It is a little early for the Valverdes But it's 620 somewhere And uh, it just wouldn't be a pyro podcast without a Valverde Holla for a dollar Let me tell you uh, yes. so good when it hits the lips Hits the lips <laughs> Drinking my fist city um, Bringing them down Good times Revolution Brewery uh, I actually want to quickly say something about beer. I had a Bourbon County that over at Burger Bar uh, after our meeting on Wednesday. Uh, I went over there and they had it on tap. And holy crap, that stuff is like syrup. That stuff really bangs you up. So if any of you guys are out there, they they only let you buy one at a time when you buy it at the store. It's the uh, it's uh, Goose Island's yearly uh, thing where they, they put these stout beers in the in the in the bourbon casks. And man. 
you drink this stuff and it's like each sip you're, you, you can feel the buzz. Uh, I should have. <laughs> Probably should have. <laughs> uh, no comment. No comment. Um, all right, let's talk. I can, fifth Amendment. I can either confirm or deny. <laughs> so moving on to the Chargers. They're talking about another wide receiver core that is completely uh, demolished. You know, we've already got Keenan Allen out for the year. Uh, we're gonna have Stevie Johnson down this week. We're also gonna have Dontrell Inman down this week. So it'll be up to guys like Javante Herndon and the freshly, you know, re-signed, signed Vincent Brown to sort of take over that. And then they've got other guys in their wide receiver core that are, like, I couldn't tell you their names if you try. Like, <laughs> it's just not going to be, you know, good news with all these guys sort of down this week. Uh, oh, so you're looking at it and you're looking, you know, at Antonio Gates is the best weapon there. Ladarius Green's also a little bit banged up, but you know Gates is going up against the toughest tight end defending team in the league. So even there, you don't like the matchups. The run game's been nothing. So even though Justin Houston's going to be out on the other side, you know you sort of got to like Kansas City's defense a little bit. Uh, you know they were able to put together a nice run game uh, in Oakland last week because of uh, him being out. So I I, I like to. S- I like to think that maybe they could put together a little bit of a run game. I just don't see an explosion game. I mean, they scored three points last week and three points the time, last time these two teams played. So, uh, that, that, that's some ugly stuff we got going there. And then another wide receiver who's going to be out for a, you know, team with a lackluster wide receiver core. Kendall Wright's going to miss again. Uh, so that leaves a guy um, in Doriel Green Beckham as the best wide receiver on that team. Luckily, you've got Delaney Walker, who should be able to soak up a nice amount of targets, and they might even be a better run game than the Chargers. Uh, so that's that's all good things, especially with Darrell Revis back. So if you wanted to play uh, uh, Doriel Green Beckham, now you're going to have to worry about Revis Island a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that sounds that sounds problematic for me. Yeah, I want nothing to do with it. Nothing to do. He had that hot. That nice play last week that got him some big points for owners, but uh, don't expect it again. I, uh, I that would be my guess. Um, well, who are some? So that's pretty much it on the guys that are that are going to be out more or less. Um, Those are the for sure outs as of today. So moving over to the questionable side, we'll talk about Matt Schaub, Crockett, Gilmore. Um, you know, if Schaub's out and they play, have to play Jimmy Clausen. I absolutely avoid every single person on that offense. Yeah. Let's just remember Jimmy Clausen already played the Seahawks this season with the Chicago Bears, and I don't think they topped 100 yards of total offense in a shutout. Um, Didn't look good. Uh, Crockett Gilmore, you, you like a little bit, but only if Shaw plays. Um, Gary Barnage, you know, Big Gary got a contract, three yeah, years, something like $15 million, so nice to see Big Gary coming out there getting some <laughs> cash. Uh, Big Gary. <laughs> And then, you know, he's questionable. Looks like he'll be a guy to play. His teammate, Travis Benjamin, has said, you know, with the questionable tag, that he will be out there. So one of the major fantasy football busts this season, C.J. Anderson, did not practice today. But he could suit up. But even if he does suit up, man, I don't think it's a, it's a pristine situation in which you should start him. Even though the matchup's, you know, kind of nice. Do you like do you, if he's out? Do you like 
um, Hillman, or does Joan come in and start uh, eating into those carries? Is it is it is it does Hillman get a lot? Hillman get a lot more run, or is it is it uh, mute? No, nah, I, th- I, th- I think it's Juwan Thompson comes in and gets some short yardage work and some you know goal line work for Ronnie Hillman, some third down work. He, he's just going to be take a couple series here and there, but Hillman could end up with, with the fifteen to eighteen sort of touch range, and then you know Juwan Thompson will probably be in the ten to twelve range. So sort of similar to what's been happening here. Even if C.J. Anderson does play, I think it might go pretty similar. As they're talking about C.J. Anderson suiting up but only being available in an emergency role. So, of course, he will then come in and rush for 200 yards like Big Ben, <laughs> yeah. like Big ben did to you. Like, exactly. really? Really, guys? Really? <laughs> it's the way the fantasy football is. Okay, what about those tight ends over there in Denver? Tight ends in Denver. They've got some major question marks with Owen Daniels having a bit of a hamstring quad issue. So, he could not be out there. And Vernon Davis, you know... With a little bit of a concussion, maybe a full-blown concussion. No, nobody <laughs> can tell you for sure. Uh, but those guys are, you know, highly questionable. But if one plays and not the other, you might have yourself a little bit of a fantasy streamer right there. Uh, but you're gonna have to pay attention up until game time. Um, speaking of the tight end, everybody wants to know about who's been brack at practice for the last two days. Rob Gronkowski who only went to Arizona because of the pool parties. And trust me, I've been to Arizona a couple times. You made the right fucking decision. Like, <laughs> I, I, I ain't mad at you, bro. <laughs> Those pool parties are pretty dope. I actually never went to Arizona. I had a lot of friends who went to, I went to uh, Arizona State. State? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> School was ridiculous. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, well, I think the, the big news out of that is that, is that out of nowhere today, a uh, broken foot Julian Edelman practicing. I know that you and I talked before the show. Both of us, uh, in one league, I was able to pick him up. Someone dropped him when he broke his foot. It was at week 10. The second I heard that news on Twitter, a reason to be a Twitter guy, it's before it gets to the mainstays, you're hearing this type of stuff, topped on the site, looking Lo and behold, Julian Edelman, available, free agent, wah-boom. Let's talk about it this way. How long does it take you to write 140 characters? Yeah, right. And compare that to how long it takes people to write a 500-piece article or a 500-word article that they need to put up on their site. Yeah. So that's the benefit of being (laughs) quick with Twitter. (laughs) So you can just get out there, grab a guy real quick. Uh, I did that yesterday or two days ago with Kevin White, and they said he could play. I'm like, fuck it. Kevin White could could happen. Why not? (laughs) You know, playoff time, i, I got to make a little bit of a move here just in case, but uh, that one didn't work out so well. Julian Edelman's probably not going to work out for you this week. Neither him nor Gronk are expected to play at all this weekend. But hey, you know, that's just something that might have to happen. Uh, Scott Chandler, who's also questionable, I think that's a Bill Belichick sort of screw you questionable. Like, I'm not telling you shit. Yeah, I can <laughs> um, see that. And same thing with Danny Amendola. So... You know, I think both of those guys are going to be fine and in your lineups, but they got that Q tag next to them. Uh, they're much more you know heavily owned counterparts in Gronk and Julian Edelman. I don't think they're in the lineup this week, but you know Julian Agreed. definitely add add him. He's your two week too early pickup. Probably not going to get anything out of him this week. You know you'll want to see it for one game next week if he plays. But then there comes championship week in week 16. Hopefully not 17, you faggots. (laughs) (laughs) 
really looking forward to not doing anything for week 17. But then people are going to ask, but what about week 17? Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to put it on our side somewhere. We quit after week 16. <laughs> you should too. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new mantra. And then Houdini's in leagues that go through like I mean, even, he's got one where he does like I think he's got one league where they where, where they actually it goes all the way to uh, the Pro Bowl. So, yeah, our championship's the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I'm kidding. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck in that one. Um, uh, moving on to the Miami wide receivers, Rashard Matthews still has his sort of rib injury, broken ribs, fractured ribs, pain tolerances. You know what really matters there, but. Uh, Kenny Stills also with an injury, so if both these guys are out, that's good, good things for Devontae Parker, and it should be good, good things for Jarvis Landry, and this is the Monday night tilt that they're sort of, you know, you're going to have to play guys other than these, because you can't get anybody else Monday night. Yeah. And even if, you you know, you, know, you have Devontae Parker with Rashard Matthews, I think you just roll with Devontae Parker still. Uh, I don't know how he's going to be able to play. You know, ribs are something that can be sort of re-injured pretty quickly out there. Uh, the thing is, they're building this game as a shootout between, you know, o- Odell Beckham and his high school best friend, Jarvis Landry. So, what's going to happen? You, you don't think Jarvis Landry wants to come out here and play well? They after- went to high school and college together? I don't know if they went to high school together, but they were, they've been friends since high school. Wow. I don't know if it, maybe they went on a recruiting trip together, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then somebody brought them to a party where there may yeah. or may not have been strippers yeah. and or cocaine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had per- firsthand uh, evidence uh, of, of such a party. Uh, another wide receiver. All these wide receivers are just a little bit banged up. Cecil Swartz, and let's just. I, I don't know if Cecil Swartz is going to be the man or not, but the thing is, if he sits, Nate Washington is the man. And that's good for fantasy owners. That's a good streaming option. I, I guess the real big news yesterday was Brandon Cooks. Maybe concussion, maybe not concussion. Yeah, I read today. Maybe passing concussion protocol, maybe not passing pro- concussion protocol, because he never had it. Who knows? Yeah. But he gets slapped with a probable tag, so you probably will have him out there. And, you know, going up against that Tampa Bay defense, uh, also, you know, probably getting Willie Sneed back. You know, that, that's got to be some good things, but I, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I, he's probably going to play his same role. We can't expect anything different. So, he'll you know, get ready to fire. After you took Cooks out of your lineup, you can slot him right back in. Uh, Chris Thompson, you know, he's a little bit questionable. That could be why they went out and signed uh, Pierre Thomas today. Or it could be for... You know, that injury to Alfred Morris sort of lingering and them not mentioning it. And he's sort of been up and down in practice this week. So that's sort of a question mark. And then uh, Calvin Johnson is probably the major one. Um, Basically, he got downgraded from probable to questionable today after not practicing again. So everybody says he's going to play, but just a situation to be monitoring. And if he does play, he's got a great matchup. TJ McDonald's going to be down for the... Year no more Robert Quinn uh, to pe- to uh, provide pressure off the edge who's down for the year and Janoris Jenkins was given a doubtful tag with sort of his litany of how, how many times did he go down last week on the field it was three or four and you're just like ugh so Calvin Johnson if he's in there fire him up because I don't know if they have anybody in that defense who can cover him all right I like it so there you go with the uh, questionable guys. Um, let's move on to the probable guys, and the, the first guy that I, you know, 
limited practice today was uh, Julio. Uh, you're fine with Julio? Is he playing this week, or are you, you nervous? Like, am I fine? Any, nervous, any ner- more nervous than you already were with him going up against Norman? Uh, see, the thing is, I'm not nervous at all. Because I know I have a pretty safe floor of, like, like Julio's floor is probably 5 for 50. When we go out, when we go out, and we're talking about guys like Pierre Garcon, where they're that, that's their ceiling. Like that's Julio's floor. Like I feel like he's gonna give me that no matter what, uh, Norman or not. The thing is, I, I just think they move him around the formation so much. Uh, there's there's a good read we uh, posted uh, a couple days ago on Twitter about that matchup. Julio plays in the slot um, like 29% of the time and outside 71% of the time. Um, and Norman only covers the slot like 1% of the time. They do not like him in that spot. They also do a lot. Uh, if you, The Falcons do a lot with motion, uh, motioning Julio across the formation. He usually doesn't follow motion, and when they do run motion, they usually switch to like a zone coverage and just let Norman drop back into a quarter. Um, so I do think they are going to be able to do some uh, – creative things with Julio and just being able to get him open. I don't think I think they're just giving him regular maintenance. Like it's Julio, he's a guy who's always sort of had a little necks. He's a big dude. Uh, you know, carrying around that weight on his knees and stuff. Apparently isn't great. So <laughs> talking about other guys, Charles Clay should be in the lineup. Your boy Tyler Eifert should be back. Uh, he finally can raise his hands above his head, which is what really matters. Good. Uh, need that after back. I mean, that's going to be a big, big, you know, boom in what could be a shootout, what could be not. You know, that's one of those division games that's either going to be a barn burner or a barn brawl. Uh, a couple other guys who are probable, you know, Matt Hasselbeck, and on the opposite side of that, uh, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns is a guy to like this week. It looks like Vontae's going to shadow uh, Alan Robinson a little bit. Uh, Alan Hearns absolutely went off last time these two teams played. Uh, 11 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown, which was his biggest game of the season. Um, and that's a game when Alan Robinson just caught 4 or 12 targets for 80 yards and what arguably was you know his worst game of the season. Uh, other guys, Case Keenum, looks like he's probable to go and will be getting the start for the Rams. Whether that hurts or helps Todd Gurley, you tell me. I mean, like, it's tough to tell, but the matchup's a little bit better this week. It's just, it's going to be a handoff fest to him. I, I, I still just got to believe in the Todd Gurley show getting it going a little bit. And then Darrell Revis also probably going to be about there. So that, that wraps up Huey Lewis and the news and notes with the guys out. Questionable and probable. Damn. All right. Well, uh, it's a it's a brutal sport, as we know. And uh, as you get as you get deeper and deeper in the league, it's amazing that uh, in a season that's had so many injuries, we've never seen elite players uh, at specialty positions and other positions go down like they have in uh, the 2015 season. But when you really think about it, it shouldn't surprise you because this is just a grow big big boy sport, big boy sport. Uh, so. Let's go on to our next thing, and that's going to be, we'll just talk about some DFS, Daily Fantasy. Obviously, big news came down today. New York dropped the hammer on DraftKings and FanDuel. 
Those two companies will not be able to be doing DFS um, in the state of New York. That is crazy. I hope that doesn't have a trickle-down effect and start really, as we talked about on the heavy show a couple weeks ago, I believe, just the fact that Chicago's on that list of people rumble, mumbling and rumbling that uh, the, the Secretary of State or the um, uh, Attorney General uh, might want to get rid of that in our state. I mean, just not, not a good ruling for um, uh, an industry that spent, what did, what did I say, DraftKings spent $128 million on non-stadium advertising this year, and they can't even do their sport um, and, and have people play games in the biggest, or probably maybe the second biggest market there is. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I hope this doesn't become a trend. Um, if so... Fantasy football sites will be pulling back on their DFS content real yep, fast. Yep. Or else... Pyromaniac.com included. I'm just going to start hosting it on uh, Cuban uh, servers again. <laughs> what do they do with all the uh, <laughs> online poker sites? Yeah, they're out They're out in the Cayman <laughs> Islands. But just remember, once you go, you can't come back. <laughs> you come back and they're ready for you. You're Anthony Staggs, Pyromaniac DFS. Yes, I am. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> so when you, we got to find who's if we do, end up doing something illegal like that, let's find out. Let's uh, not talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> well, that's fine, but who's not coming back? I mean, it's like sending someone to, to a point of no return. Like, see you later, Dogmatica. It's all right. We'll take your mom to the airport for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with with that, you know, most of those companies are have headquarters or large offices in the. Uh, you know, New York area, so that that's sort of a concern. Yeah, uh, I think they got to stay to where they could still operate their businesses as normal. There, that was uh, from the Supreme Court uh, justice. Uh, you know, pretty much just a half hour ago, so they'll still be able to conduct business as normal uh, around the country through their offices there. So that was sort of one thing that was concerning, and I think you know both companies had sort of been looking in other directions just in case. Uh, because they are making money hand over fist when they're allowed to do what they're doing. Because, man, is it fun? Like, it's especially fun. now. Addictive. Especially now, because we're getting to times when some people are not in the playoffs. So, what else are you gonna do? Um, well, tell us about your uh, your little tip of the week. We're gonna be posting our DFS piece uh, a little bit later uh, this evening after I edit and get this show up. Uh, tell us about your tip of the week for our uh, daily do's and don'ts. I like uh, to diversify my portfolio, uh, fantasy football-wise. But now that we're in playoff time, you're playing a pretty strong team each and every week in every league. So every league, I'm still in contention for the championship. I play my opponent's lineups in <laughs> a DFS contest. Like a five or a two or a five dollar contest, nothing like major bones on the line, but just enough to where if his lineup just crushes me to 240 points this week, I'm taking home a, a little nice bankroll <laughs> to, uh, you know, diversify my portfolio, manage my risk, uh, and well, you know, it also and, just enjoy, heal, heal enjoy some the wounds. Yeah, heal yeah. some of the wounds. Like I will slap a twenty dollar. On, on a cut any day over putting a band-aid on it. Like, <laughs> I no, I, when I read that, I thought that was great. I was like, oh, that's actually a, that's actually a pretty freaking good idea. Um, well, that's awesome. Well, we're doing, um, 
We get Dogmatica is going to be uh, giving us uh, bargains and ripoffs on a weekly basis for the remainder of the season and moving into next year. Uh, and, and we'll be doing that as well during the playoffs. But uh, let's talk about some of Dog's um, bargains. Let's, let's just stick with, we'll do FanDuel first and then we can go to uh, DraftKings. And we'll just mention some of Dog's players. A guy that, uh, and actually just so you know, if you're listening to this, We've only got, I think, six spots left because FanDuel only lets you do 20 teams. But Pyro actually has, um, we have a contest going right now. It's just a cheap $5 contest, winner takes all. So it's 90 bucks uh, if you win it all. And um, if you want to get a link to that, check us out on Pyro, on Twitter, Pyromania, or Twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. I tweeted about that last night. I'll tweet it about it again tonight. We're also, I did a post about it yesterday um, and showed my initial lineup, which will change up to uh, kickoffs on Sunday, but on Facebook, and that's Facebook.com forward slash uh, Pyromaniac, <clears throat> join us there uh, on both spots. I think we got a good Twitter account, um, and uh, we are always having fun and uh, posting some good fantasy relevant song stuff and some fun information and uh, interesting images on Facebook. So if you're on those social platforms and you haven't joined our party yet, welcome to the party, pal. Give us a like, give us a follow. Let's do this. Um, but one of the guys that I played in that league was Tyrod Taylor, I think. Um, you know, the buzz right now this week is, is about Tyrod, and we're getting tons of second opinions and questions on Twitter about this. Should I go with Tyrod or Winston? And in my opinion, it's just like, you know, who do you like more? It's, 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 it's trivial. It's, it, it, it's anybody's guess on who's actually going to... They're both rookie starting quarterbacks. You tell me, buddy. Is Tyrod a rookie? Well, not, it's the first, first year starter. first year really playing. Um, <laughs> but he's sitting there on FanDuel at 7,500 bones, uh, so... Great play on what we think can happen with him. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm all about Tyrod Taylor on FanDuel this week. A couple other uh, names that Dog has there. You got Hasselbeck is down there at 6,600. Uh, he must like that uh, matchup. Ryan Matthews, risky, but uh, who knows? Uh, another guy he's mentioning here is <coughs> Hearns. Um, Alan Hearns back from injury is sitting there at 6,600 on FanDuel. Could be a good play. Uh, Fleener and Zach Miller. That Zach Miller could be a cool play for the reasons that we talked about uh, with Stags was talking about earlier. Everyone's out. It's in the passing attack. It's to the running backs, and it's uh, it's it's Alshon Jeffrey. So if Zach Miller's healthy enough to play, he could get a lot of uh, looks and um, targets in that one. So some of the ripoffs in Fanduel, um, you know, kind of some of the Aaron Rodgers. It's a lot of the quarterbacks seem to be. I just don't ever go with the big-name quarterbacks in those daily fantasies. It seems like the wrong way to go. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a ripoff. He thought at 8900 bucks, and then Drew Brees at 7900 He's a little scared of Freeman and another uh, um, Atlanta Falcon that we were just talking about, Amari Cooper. Uh, one that he likes is to, uh, or doesn't like is Delaney Walker at 6100 as well. Hmm. I sort of like the Delaney Walker all the time. He doesn't like uh, Richard Rodgers. Switching over to DraftKings, though, you know, he loves Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is sort of one of the guys who's going to be highly, highly owned uh, uh, this week. You know, just just good things lining up. And people are asking sort of how to best stack with Jameis Winston. 
because Doug Martin's also got a great matchup, and Austin Safarian Jenkins also has a great matchup, and both his wide receivers have great matchups. Yeah. So it's a fantasy football orgy happening there for the Buccaneers. I wouldn't go a full-on Buccaneer lineup, but people have asked if they shouldn't, and I wouldn't. I like to diversify my my portfolio a little bit. Yeah. So and remember, it's Lovey Smith. It, it's it's Lovey Smith, and this is a. Where you need to sort of diversify, you need some contrarian plays to get that little bit of spin-off uh, of a regular lineup. Well, and, 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 and to find that a little bit better, I think you know we understand that. I think most of our listeners do, but I think it's important to know in daily fantasy, it, in certain plays, in certain games, um, like the millionaire games and the big, the big, huge buckets of people in it. What he's saying with the contrarian is put it in a lineup that that is going to not. If you think there's a player that everyone's hot on and you start that lineup and you start a lineup and then all of a sudden you look and you've got essentially the, the components of the and the same ingredients of, the, of a lineup that 40% of the people playing in the game have, the odds of you really hitting it big um, aren't that great because you're, you're swimming in a pool with like-minded people. So really in, in some of these big games, it's advantageous to try and find some plays that you and people you think that aren't on everybody's uh, roster. So if those guys do hit, that's kind of that that uh, that catapult that really bo- uh, boosts you above some of the other players in these big big pools. Yep. So some of the other bargains, you know, C.J. Spiller uh, in a full point PPR and draft pranks has a little bit more value there than in a potentially Fanduel. We don't know exactly how that split's going to be. Uh, you know, Martavis Bryant. Uh, and the ASJ, as we mentioned, and then some of the ripoffs Dog will mention this week. You know, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is either going to get ripped off or picked off. I haven't decided which is more <laughs> likely. Um, Buck Allen going up against Seattle, you know, with potentially J- Jimmy Buckets. at uh, And, and when, when I say Jimmy Buckets in reference to Jimmy Clausen, I mean he probably can't hit a bucket. That's two feet in front of him. With the football. Bozo Buckets? <laughs> yeah, he can't. Play Bozo Buckets worth his life. Uh, you know, Des Bryant, um, and then, you know, Jordan Reed, who the dog does not like going up against the Chicago Bears defense. But Des uh, Bryant, man, rest in peace, buddy. Without without a Romo, you are you are it, it's a sad it's sad sad times for that guy. Uh, lack of heart and lack of Tony Romo equals uh, no fun for Desi. So one of the things we could do is we could look back at games that locked Thursday night. And sort of get an idea of ownership percentages for some of the big name guys. Uh, so Cam Newton against the Falcons is owned in about nine percent of leagues. So he'll probably be in the nine to ten percent ownership range. Ninety uh, percent. Nine. Wow. So come your nine to ten percent uh, ownership range. Come come Sunday, and then uh, Tyrod Taylor is only owned in like six point six last night. So you can expect that a little bit of a bump in Sunday only games. Uh, T.J. Yeldon, you know, seven and a half. Uh, Legarrette Blunt only owned in like one percent of leagues, so that that's a bit of a contrarian play if you're searching out there. Uh, Sammy Watkins is going to be owned in a ton of leagues. Uh, in the Thursday snap, he was owned uh, nineteen, you know, twenty percent of leagues. Uh, my boy Alan Hearns in like five point three uh, percent of leagues, and then a, a couple other guys. Uh, who are a little bit less owned? Emmanuel Sanders versus the Raiders at just two percent. You know he's a hit or a miss guy. Yeah. You know we talked about it. I like that. One, one. one of those guys is going to go off. We just don't know which one every week. 
but a guy who's at two percent compared to probably his counterpart at Demarius Thomas, who's probably more at like the eight to ten percent. That's got odds in your favor a little bit. And I like Brock Osweiler this week, even though I, had to, I dropped him in two leagues. But I like him this week going against the, the Raiders. Almost just more so because of the young, these younger, and Brock's not that young, but he's inexperienced. When you're going up against Raiders, uh, Raiders and certain te- similar teams that, just, that are good now and having a nice rebound, but just... You're not really scared of them in too many aspects. That It seems like younger, less experienced players have better games just because they go into it with more confidence. He hasn't had a big explosion-type game. Not too many big explosion-like plays, kind of other than that Demarius Thomas first drive against the Bears, where I could just see him kind of having kind of his... His, his confidence under him at three or four games, uh, and I could just see him kind of finally putting up a nice big fantasy game, uh, and that trickles down in DFS to, like you said, uh, some of these other weapons they have. And, as we mentioned a couple times in the show, looks like the running situation's a little bit banged up. I could really see them trying to just focus on winning this through the air. Yeah, it's definitely a chance. I mean, they've got, uh, they've got to get Osweiler rolling if he is going to be the guy for the playoffs. Like, we have not seen him have to throw the ball. Uh, And that's something that you're going to have to do in the playoffs. So, you know, just talking about some other ownership rates here this weekend. We'll probably be looking at 16 to 18% on Doug Martin. He was in 15% uh, last night. Uh, Ryan Matthews in less than 1% of leagues. Julio Jones only owned in 1%. So, he might be the ultimate contrarian play. But for his price, he's not somebody I, I love out there. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey and you know 13%. Your boy Eifert's getting a little bit of uh, a downgrade in a Thursday tournament at 4.5% uh, percent ownership, but that should probably skyrocket to about 7.5-10% uh, with news that he's going to be just fine. Uh, a couple other guys, you know, the Roethlisberger to Antonio stack uh, that's always been plentiful. Uh, it was plentiful for you last week and has been pretty plentiful every time you play it. Uh, Roethlisberger owned in 6.5% of leagues. Antonio, 16. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, somewhere around 18% for his price. And then Julius Thomas is also there at 5%. So, so that's just an idea of how you can use Thursday to get some contrarian plays for your lineup. Uh, just set a couple of lineups that are going to lock. Uh, you can see your lineups. Uh that have locked. You can see the guys who you know haven't played yet and their ownership percentage, and you can use that to sort of mold some later lineups in the week for you. I like it. I like it. Got any uh, other aspects that you want to uh, lock in on uh, for DFS? Some of the things you know to take a. We'll take a little page out of the pyromaniac mo book. Uh, something he likes to do is look at some of the spreads and the over-unders on some of the game to get a sense of who uh, who some of the guys that will be in the games that uh, the experts in Vegas are thinking are going to be scoring the most points. Uh, as Staggs mentioned earlier, um, you didn't you, because it's an interdivision game, you just don't know what's going to happen. But right now that Pittsburgh game over-unders at about, is at 50? So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And they've got Cincinnati... Um, is is favored in that one. Other big games is that Tampa Bay going against can't guard anyone. New Orleans defense that's at fifty and a half in that same zone. The Philadelphia and Buffalo is at forty seven. I got a question about the Saints. Like, yeah, you think on the field when they're talking about coverage, 
and somebody like just burns them for a touchdown, they just go, who dat? Like, <laughs> whose coverage is that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I know that uh, you got to think that Rob Ryan is just like, he got canned, and it's actually gotten worse. <laughs> He's probably just like, see? See how I was coaching up this team? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they got a lot of work to do there. It's it's pretty much it's it's like Pop Warner any offense going up against them. But they're at fifty point five over under. Um, the Monday night game is 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 going to be a good one with the New York Giants uh, at Miami. That one uh, has an over under right now, currently Friday uh, early evening at forty seven, uh, and another high one. Um, higher than the others, the Carolina at Atlanta, uh, like I said, Buffalo, at Philadelphia, and then the, uh, another high one is Jacksonville at Indianapolis. I feel like that Jacksonville at Indianapolis could be ju- kind of like the game on the the Titans uh, game, yeah. where it's just no defense, no, no defense, <laughs> no defense. Um, so I kind of like that. I've been kind of looking at that sort of stuff lately. Um, especially for DFS, uh, where are these points going to come at? Um, where you can choose them week to week. Uh, best move, choose them in the games that uh, experts think they're going to have the most points. I mean, people in Vegas get paid a lot more than we do to prognosticate games and set these lines. And you know, you got They're usually pretty spot on. There's a couple misses a week, but you know they're pr- pretty spot on. Like, and they've got so many experts doing, looking at the minutia in these kind of uh, in all of these games, real time during the games themselves, because these lines shift uh, in real time. I mean, they've got nurses and doctors that are watching games and calling injuries, and the kicker is kicking, and they can look and see if the if the kicker is getting tired. It's it's crazy that the detail and the minutia that these guys go to. So when they put out these numbers and they got millions and millions and millions and so much money on the line. I trust their beliefs on it. Are they always right? No, no one is. Uh, but uh, anyway, I think it's uh, it's just smart to to lock in on those power in numbers, as we've said before, kind of games. Yep. Uh, you know, just talk about some of the storylines for the weekend. Uh, are some pretty, you know, we'll call this the storybook ending. Okay. Because uh, we're getting ready to wrap it up. You know, you got the Panthers trying to stay undefeated, trying to clinch a home game, which is something that could be very, very important for them. They've got, you know, four games against teams. You know, none of them have a winning record. Uh, you've got Atlanta twice. You've got that Giants game. So you're going to get to see Julio versus Norman, ODB versus Norman, Julio versus Norman. So he's already shut down Dez earlier this year. Already shut down some other guys like Mike Evans here earlier this year, so uh, that's going to be fun to watch. But what I like is the fact that uh, people, as much as the Falcons are a mediocre mid-range 6-6 six and six team, they're actually really good against the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, they're really good there. So they're, you know, they're only allowing about 14 fantasy points per game. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, you got Dez, who's averaging about 20, 27, 28 points, fantasy points per game. Uh he never. He's only had a few games this year where he's had less than twenty. So, should be an interesting one to see if if if, if Cam is match proof in the same way that we think Julio is against Norman to a degree. Uh, and you just never know. But I think the one thing that really helps there is the fact that one we we talked about how the line is set there pretty nicely uh, at forty six point five. But also the fact that I think the fact that they really do think that they can, they really want to run the table and go undefeated on the season and make this a storybook season, as as we're calling this segment. Um, 
So I, I, I like what we can see here. Uh, but what about the storybook of actually? I've got a couple of shares of Johnny Manziel in DFS. Uh, he's one of the very, very, very basement level options in DFS. But in, in games that he's thrown the ball 15 or more times, he's averaging 15 fantasy points. So, you know, for basically free in DraftKings, $5,000 and 6400 in the FanDuel, uh, you know, you could do worse. You know, he's going to run for 20 yards and he'll probably throw for a touchdown. Last know. time he played, and he had never done this before, 370 yards. Yeah. Got to remember, he's he's his last game. He it was a it was a totally different stat line than he's ever done before. So, and he can run. I, I don't know. I, and, and he, the, he's just never had that true like breakout. When you were watching his Heisman season, you just saw one point. It was just like clicked, and it was over. And, and I'm just wait. I'm trying to buy that before it happens, rather than wait and buy him next week. Because I think there's a chance that he could just go off at one point. And he's as, as many uh, NFL execs and many uh, gurus are saying the Browns are pretty much they're 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 done with him. So he's 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 showing showcasing his talents and his skills and whether he belongs at this level for the NFL. And that delivers one kind of thing. Is he going to splat, fall flat on his face, or is he could explode? And like you said, the contrarian style where you're going on a Johnny football, if he gets the explosion and not many people are going to be going with him, that's where you boom, you, you get a one-up, uh, leg up on your competition. And then some other sort of big storylines, like is Phillip Rivers going to be able to put together an offensive performance with nobody? And, you know, where his lineup is against this Kansas City defense that's been hotter than anybody. Can he play well with, you know, basically just Antonio Gates? Remember, and remember last time when he played, he had some more talent around him. Remember remember the, the score of that game was 33-3. to three. It was a no real, A real Duke sandwich uh, all over the place. And, uh, you know, zero TDs, obviously. Under, he had 178 yards, interception. So, Phillip Rivers is trubs. And the, basically, maybe the biggest storyline of the week, maybe not, depending on how big of a diva you think the guy is. Can I? Can I? Can we stay in that game for a second? What What are your thoughts on Spencer Ware, uh, Charcantric West? Um, you know, I kind of like before because we're we're going to shut this down pretty soon. But let's go through some of these matchups and just talk about some of the big moments there. What are your thoughts on Ware's getting the goal line? Ware's looking better. Uh, are you nervous? Is it going to be a total committee, or is he working himself into getting the, uh, may, the, the, the 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 most of the opportunities here? The thing is, I think they like how Kendrick can you know do everything, and that's going to get him the start. And they like how he can sort of replicate. Jamal Charles, not in an explosiveness sort of standpoint, but just his ability to pass block, his ability to pass protect, his ability to go out and run every route in the book, his ability to run every type of run play that they run. So I think that gives them the start, and that just gives them the flexibility to do everything. But I do think Spare, uh, Spencer Ware has been the uh, better runner here lately, uh, been better between the tackles, near the red zone. I think he's the goal line back at this point. So I think this is almost a dead committee, but I think they're both good starts against the San Diego run defense that is awful. Do you like Kelsey or uh, Macklin more? Uh, this week looks more like a Macklin game, but 
you know, going up against San Diego, the matchup's also... Per There's nothing on San Diego defense that really scares you. The corners sort of scare you a little bit, so it could be a Kelsey, but I just see them using that wide receiver sort of screen and yak yardage from Macklin to, you know, have a nice game. He could... This probably won't be a, you know, 25-point explosion, but it could be one of those 80 yards on eight catches type of games. All right. What was the game that you, uh, and the player you were, you were going into before? LaShawn McCoy and the coach who did not do it properly, Chip Kelly. What do you think? Uh, the one thing I do love is that Rex Ryan is the kind of guy that – Wants his wants to help his players look good in a moment like this. I could and with Carlos Williams being out, I don't think that uh, that, that LaShawn McCoy is going to have any short of opportunity to stick it to. When Chip. is he ever? <laughs> yeah, when is he ever? But I think even this one more and more. Uh, but I, I kind of agree. You saw we all saw the uh, the Herm Edwards explosion. We're talking about these. Uh, you see that video of him going nuts about it, these uh, players and making the game about them, and I, I kind of agree. I'm, I'm just sort of sick of hearing both sides of this game. you got DeMarco Murray, and now saying, oh, I want to be here for a long time. I don't want to be cut. I just went and talked to the owner for whatever. Then you got uh, Chip saying, talking to, to, talking to McCoy, and Shady talking to Chip, and just the way that Ryan always makes every game and moment about himself, whether it's going back to the Jets, or whether it's playing a Belichick, whether it's this, that, or the other freaking thing. It's like, get over yourself. And it's about the team. There's a, a number of, of, of players in the team. It's not all about you. So uh, when I saw that video of Herm going nuts, I kind of liked it. And uh, it's just some of the, the things that I like the least about the NBA, uh, the NBA are coming to, to truth um, in the NFL. In the NBA, it's five guys in the court, so one player can take over. And in many instances, it is about one guy. Look at LeBron's career. Uh, in the NFL, it just doesn't really work that way. So um, I think Shady's going to have a great game, but um, just eye tests with Shady is he gets banged up about one every four Every four runs, he's got to he's got to hold out. He's got to sit stand on the sideline for a little bit and like let the pain res, uh, reside. And um, you know, I just he's a little, he's a little bit scary. He's a, his workload. The higher it goes, the the more you get uh, a little worried about him. And finally, gotta end every conversation talking about Tom Brady and the Patriots because we are sitting here with with D Rex. Uh, <laughs> gotta talk about the running back situation and who he's going to throw to. But I think we sort of covered that, and it's probably going to be Amendola. It's probably going to be a lot of Scott Chandler like last week. Uh, he's going to throw to Brandon LaFell, who's going to drop uh, the ball. Uh, he's going to spread it around to anybody and everybody they put out there in terms of Bolden, you know, their second tight end, whoever it may be this week. You know, goddamn offensive lineman for all I know. What do you think about Hopkins? Do you think it's the Belichick factor? He's just going to take him out of the game, Butler? I don't think anybody can take him out of that game. I think he's got the same sort of floor. Like him and Julio were like 5 for 50. Like you just know like that streak that Antonio Brown had of 5 for 50. That he's That's at least you're getting. So I think you'll still get your bottom end sort of coverage. And then you know, there's just that chance he makes a spectacular play. So you're not sitting him... But, you know, you can temper expectations. 
you know, I don't think he has 188 yards or anything like that. Do you think, um, uh, okay, but yeah, bounce on to another game. Bortles. I've got Bortles and Tyrod. Um, Bortles is so hot. He's so hot. So is his girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> I, I think he dumped her. No! Yes. Why would no! You, why, yes. She's out, she's, old, she's out in the field. She could be yours. <laughs> By the way, everyone, Stag Party has a date tonight. He's going to see the zoo lights. Just wanted to let everyone know. That's the reason why we're doing it a little early tonight. He's got, he's got a little date. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't end his last as my, my like last Tinder date. Have I told you about this? No, give it to us. <laughs> okay, so this is probably a couple months ago. Took this girl from Tinder out. Uh, you know, she sort of just hit me up that day, so I hadn't really talked to her in, in advance. So it was sort of just that one of those quick things. It's like, hey, let's go out tonight. I'm like, I was already kind of buzzed up. So I'm oh, like, <laughs> no. So I'm like, sure. So I made her come to see me because... I was yeah. buzzed up and wanted yeah, to drive yeah. a car. So we couldn't find any street parking like around my neighborhood, so I had to have her park like in my driveway and black my car in and yada yada yada. So we went out to a couple, you know, shit bars near my neighborhood and you know, the first thing, you know, boom, we're talking, she orders a goddamn drink with Malibu in it. I'm highly allergic to coconut. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh well there's a strike. Strike one. And then it's just like Oh, you know, I guess that means we're not making out tonight. And I'm like, uh, at least not for a little bit. Oh, and then I forgot to add in the part that, you know, she got she got me on one of those top half pictures. So she was a little bit bigger than, uh, you know, you expected. Uh, you you know, got to know better on that. You got, I, I, I got, I yeah, got, you had I, a buzz going. You're I right. got got. I got yeah. got. <laughs> it's all right. Sometimes you get a little, sometimes you want a little, a little pushing, pushing for the pushing. So, you know, we go out and then we're, she orders another Malibu. We're like... You know, it's strike two. So we're just sitting there talking, and it's like, oh, I really wanted the date to be over already. So, like, we started asking questions back and forth. You know, what, what kind of stuff are you into? So she would say something, and then I would just obviously say the contrarian thing. So, but then we asked a couple questions first, and they were just all opposites, like Cubs socks. I'm a Cubs, Bud Light, no Light, Bud Lights, uh, <laughs> you know, country music. It's like... But at this point, it's just like, I want to lie. It's yeah. like, I, I fucking hate country music. I, I like it, but I just wanted everything to be so blatant that I was done with this. Uh, so then we get ready to leave, and she's parked in my driveway, so... So she's got to come back to near your house. Yeah, so, of course, she runs into her best friend, who she hasn't seen in eight years. So I'm just standing around at this bar, and slamming bu uh, Bud Lights, because I just want this shit to be over. <laughs> and... Like an hour later, I finally get her to her car and uh Oh my god. Did you give worst her worst Tinder date ever. You, that's something you should put in your Tinder profile. Say, if you like Malibu or any or coconut water, <laughs> swipe left. <laughs> oh Don't kill me. <laughs> I think I've only been on one Tinder date and it was pretty garbage, I gotta be honest. I it was it was uh sold it was false sold goods. <laughs> She's like like literally the first thing she said when she sat down was like, Do I look like my pictures? And I wanna be like Absolutely not. I don't know what kind of smoke and I don't know if you hired Steve Spielberg or, uh, <laughs> or or who to pull out the special effects on your pictures, but no, you look nothing like them. But instead, you're like, oh yeah, oh my god, I literally wanted to go to the bathroom and just like skedaddle off, skedaddle the off the window. <laughs> yeah, so badly. Uh, but Tinder's got its fun moments. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, oh, quickly. Uh, 
Tyrod or Bortles? That's close. Like, I had this decision on the waiver wire this week. I had Eli Manning, and both these guys were available on the waiver wire. You know, Doug's got Tyrod Taylor at three, and, you know, Bortles over there at, like, seven or eight. And I was just like, Doug, what do you think? Tyrod or Bortles? He's like, so close, blah, blah, blah. But I got a gut feeling about Bortles. I'm going Bortles. I picked up Bortles off the waiver wire instead of Ty God. Plus, my league has like bonus for 300 yard passing, and yeah, Bortles is more likely to do that than Tyrod. He's already broke the record this year, Bortles, for um, touchdowns for uh, Jaguars quarterback, and that's even with uh, what uh, when they had uh, who's that crybaby? Uh, David Garrard, Mark Brunell, uh, Brunell, yeah, Brian Ruffwich. Yeah, None of them were that, very good. Yeah, that, really I mean that. That franchise hasn't been very well endowed in the quarterback department. Let's just say it like that. I agree. Uh, a good stat is that um, he's basically gonna he's gonna basically he's gonna have a two touchdown or a three hundred yard game for you essentially because he's done it nine out of twelve times mm-hmm. and he's coming off that five touchdown game in a week that no one was expecting a huge game like that. So and uh, he gets Alan Hearns back. Julius Thomas is now a part of the offense. You now have a threat of a run game yeah. with TJ Yeldon. They might not run a lot, but running it at all is going to help. And Yeldon proved last week to be, you know, sort of elusive as a receiver, averaging nearly 20 yards a catch. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, I'm throwing in Yeldon and sitting Demarco Murray uh, at a flex spot in one, in my main league. Uh, you like that call? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeldon's been frustrating to me when I've started him, but he's trending in the right direction, so uh, I'm, I'm all in on him. Uh, well, I think... I got pretty, nothing. I got nothing. My, my two weeks too early, uh, we'll say it's Edelman. We talked about him earlier. Is there a what you talking about, Willis? Uh, a guy that is a real, real cheapie on the, uh, on the, on the, on the DraftKings or anything yeah. like that? that maybe, you think? maybe a Tim Hightower, like... It just dirt cheap. I don't know if C.J. Spiller's a goal line back. They like to at least try and attempt a couple runs at the goal line a game. Uh, I think Hightower might be more likely to get the goal line work than C.J. Spiller. Uh, but that's a situation we're going to have to see play out live. Awesome. Stags, always good time. Uh, looking forward to hearing about your uh, Zoo Lights date. And hopefully this one ends better than the last one. Um can't get worse. <laughs> can't get, can't get worse. Uh, we got some great stuff happening on the site. Uh, as usual, we got some great things happening with the Pyro Podcast. Some good news, some changes happening for not until after the Super Bowl, but uh, we won't mention anything too much there. But uh, some really exciting stuff happening around uh, as we close out the 2015 season. So check us out. Make sure you're going to pyromaniac.com all the time. If you're not a Pyro Pro, do us a favor, sign up. If you sign up today uh, for 40 bucks, you get it for a year. So that would mean you get this thing until the 11th of December, 2016. Um, it's just a smart move. You get it all off season. We don't have an off season, uh, and we uh, win championships in a lot of our leagues. And it's a good way for you to do it too. We do the podcasts here, both the light and the heavy year round. So join us in Pyro Pro. It's a good way for uh, we work really hard on this site, as you know. Uh, and it's a good way for us to be able to validate the work and take this company to the next level as we try and turn this into uh, our full-time jobs and really uh, take it to the next level, like I said. So if you, if you like what we're doing here uh, and you're a 
draft kit purchaser, you know how good and, and detailed our and how um, different and and the, the minutia that we go on our charts and our thought process and our strategies. So uh, give us a little love. Support Pyro by joining and signing up with Pyro Pro. If you don't want to give it in, give in to the year, forty bucks for a year. Like I said, you get a full calendar year. Then you can try us out for a month at ten bucks a month. Or you can try us out for $5 per week. With the playoffs coming out, if you've made it, it's a good time to ask us these second opinions with lineup changes and all that good stuff just so you don't make any mistakes. All right, guys. D-Rex, Stag Party, out.